The most expensive thing on the menu was 50 bucks. The most expensive thing that was on the wine list was 5,000 bucks. Wow. Right. You get a percentage of that, right. Mm. Uh, when you wait table. So I found that the menu never really changed, but the whole wine list was something very new to me. And I felt like the more I knew about wine, the better prepared I was to talk about wine. What am I willing to do to go get it? I push things aside just to go get it. I know my role and I play my position. You talking too much. Please learn how to listen. I never give up. I'm not quitting. Welcome back to the YI Network, where we interview every job occupation, A through Z, from the trash man to the CEO, and ask them, why and how they started their profession so that you can find your dream job too. I'm your host, Kojo Thompson, and today we have a very special guest with us. It is Andre Mack. Now, Andre Mack is an American sommelier and winemaker. And first off, guys, if you guys don't know who Andre Mack is or you've never heard of him, just go ahead and type his name onto YouTube because this guy right here is the man, and we are super, super excited today to have him on. He know he needs no introduction at all. Andre, shall I proceed? Yes, indeed. All right, Andre, how are we feeling today? I'm feeling marvelous, man. I'm feeling great. Perfect, excited. Perfect. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Andre, we are real, real, real excited to have you on today. And just in case, again, you guys don't know who Andre Mack is, Andre Mack has sat down and had wine with the best of the best of them. Uh, I'm talking about the Kevin Hart's, the Dwayne Wade's of the world. And Andre Mack is going to sit down and have a conversation with us today. So I think we're going to have to ask the question that everybody has been waiting for. Drum roll, please. And that is why, Andre, why are you doing what you're doing today? I'm spreading the good gospel of wine. I think there's this misconception about wine and how only it's, it's for the greatest or the elite among us. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like wine should be a part of everybody's table. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to keep talking the good gospel about wine and and kind of breaking down the barriers of, of this elitism slash pretentiousness that's surrounding it and everybody should enjoy wine Mm -hmm. i love 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 that answer now andre right now you're at the top of the totem pole you're where everybody wants to be but take us back down to the bottom day one step one what was the process like that got you here today uh you know i worked in 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 and out of the entry industry maybe like on the peripheral so i worked in restaurants Back in those days, that wasn't the greatest job to have. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't a chef. I was a waiter, you know, and I think for me, it was more about maximizing my time, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, I wanted to, I was going to college. I wanted to make the most amount of money that I could in, you know, the shortest amount of time. And waiting tables was one of those ways to be able to do that. And so it was just that, you know, I didn't work in really any great restaurants that had great wine lists, but I was interacting with people, upselling, doing those kind of things, talking about food. And I think more importantly, just interacting with people, you know, that was a lot of people, you know, that's hard for a lot of people to walk up to a a table of of a group of strangers. And so that was kind of it. And then it kind of morphed into this whole thing of, you know, I started to work at better restaurants with better wine lists. Mm -hmm. And the big part of that was, you know, now, you know, the most expensive thing on the menu was 50 bucks. 
the most expensive thing that was on the wine list was 5,000 bucks. Wow. Right. You get a percentage of that. Right. Mm. Uh, when you wait table. So I found that the menu never really changed, but the whole wine list was something very new to me. And I felt like the more I knew about wine, the better prepared I was to talk about wine and to present it in a way that uh, people would be willing to spend wine with me and, and make a larger percentage. And that, and that truly was it. It was more of a financial thing and less of like, I'm going to make this a career. You know, I was waiting tables at a restaurant. It's like, Hey, I want to know more about wine because if I can know more about wine, I can talk about it more eloquently and have more knowledge. And basically when you, when you show that you have a command of, you know, at the table is really, really through the menu and through knowledge. And so if I could do that, you know, I could sell more wine and I could put more money in my pocket. It wasn't until later that you started to peel back the layers of the onions that you realized that that wine was this vast thing. It just wasn't about, you know, drink on the table. You know, it told, you know, it was history, biology, chemistry. It was all these different things and, and fascinating. But that's really kind of how I started. It was just working in restaurants. Didn't even really know that there was a, at one point, didn't even really know that there was a term called sommelier and, and like what they did. You know, it just it came later in life through just keep applying my trade and and peeling back the layers of the onion. I love it. I love it. I absolutely love that answer right there. Now, Andre, I know I just told you to throw it back, but what I want you to do now is throw it back even further than that. What were some childhood hobbies and habits that you think matriculated into what you're doing today? Yeah, you know, that's, <clears throat> that's really interesting, right? Because I definitely wasn't drinking, mm-hmm. uh, which I think <laughs> a lot of people think that that's a big part of it. You know, I would have to say less hobbies, but just more of life and lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know, my parents uh, were officers in the military mm-hmm. and we traveled, we traveled the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, I think really going to different places really kind of opened up my mind to different things. I'd say the biggest part of, I think of my childhood and my upbringing was that we moved every two years mm-hmm. and I got to see, you know, a lot of the world, but also the hardest part about all of that was I was always the new kid mm-hmm. and uh, you know, you were always trying to fit in. Mm-hmm. And so I think being able to get along, fitting into circles, I think those things matter. You think about the number two fear in the world behind dying is, is public speaking. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's like, and being able to use those things, I think being able to walk up to a group of strangers fitting in and, and, you know, doing all those things really kind of helped me who I am now earlier in the intro, you know, you're talking about sitting down with the likes of Kevin Hart and all these different celebrities mm-hmm. that only comes through being able to speak in any form or, or setting. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? So whether it's, you know, in front of five people or 30,000 people, And I think what really prepared me for a lot of that in in my upbringing was travel, you know, and also like I wouldn't have found myself in restaurants if it went, if it wasn't for this travel, being open-minded, trying different foods, different cuisines, being open to different cultures. I think all of those things played a part in my role as a sommelier, as we'll kind of dig into a little bit later, that it's just not about serving wine. It's just not about serving beverages and spirits and talking about cigars. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's an insight to other people's cultures and the way that they interact with food and wine. I think the travel, you know, at a very early age is really kind of helped set base and the foundation for me. I love, love, love that answer. And it seems like every interview we've had for the past 10 weeks, every single person has said soft skills, soft skills, 
being yep. able to communicate with people is more important than most things that we worry about. And I absolutely love that answer from Andre. Now, Andre, what's an average day like for you today? Oh, man, it's uh, it's pretty busy balancing uh, <laughs> a family, family of four. I have seven businesses in our neighborhood. I have a multi-million dollar wine business that we built, you know, a budding acting career, you know, television kind of thing happening, you know, so I would say there is like a, a format to it, but one thing and it can go astray. So, you know, average days, you know, I'm probably up around like eight o'clock. I don't sleep that much. So I'm generally getting the sack around 3.30 or 4 a.m. in the morning. And it's just it. Just I'm up and at him. I check in. My assistant checks in. And so we kind of go over through the day. You know, my calendar is, is something that I live by, which is really interesting. We have one person control the calendar. And even though it's mine, I don't touch it. I just, you know, I just I use it as a, as a guide throughout my day. And whether that's various interviews, photo shoots, tastings, interviews like these, you know, I think I have four more of these style interviews uh, later on today, checking in with our winery personnel, checking in <laughs> with our restaurant personnel, different phone calls, checking in with my kids, all our, our children are homeschooled. And for a lot of people, like it, homeschool has changed, you know, they use New York City as, as kind of as their campus. So they go through classes all throughout the city with other homeschoolers. So there's that whole thing there's some socialization. They get to roam around the city. You know, for me, homeschool for our children was more about them being able to explore their passions at an earlier age. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I'm all, all for that. So, you know, it's interaction, taking a five minute break and walking over to my house, checking in to see what's going on there. And then as we roll, I tried normally try to grab a, an early bite uh, or at least some part of dinner with our, with my children. And then I'm out and about whether there's a charity dinner that I need to go to or an opening that I need to show up at. And those are all kind of the things that happen when I'm not traveling. Pre-pandemic, I went to the airport almost every single week for a decade. And that's really how I built my wine business, going, going and showing up and telling my story to anybody who would listen. So yeah. it's kind of a, kind of a crap, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like not one day looks the same. And I think that's what I really loved about it. You know, when I've, after school, you know, I went and worked in finance and the thought of going to the office every single day, especially for something that I didn't own, to me really felt, it was heartbreaking. It almost felt like being in prison in some way, really wanting to cultivate and do something with my life where I had the option that not every day looked the same. Mm -hmm. And preferably I was on a plane traveling, you know, doing something else that, you know, to me, that was, that was real exciting. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. I absolutely love that answer right there. Now, Andre, what do you enjoy the most about what you do? You know, this is good. Um, the people. I mean, mm -hmm. I think I, I would have to say the freedom, mm -hmm. the freedom to create my day to do whatever I'd like and, and however I want to do it. That I feel like is the part that I think other people are the most envious of, mm -hmm. right? Not having to be anywhere that I didn't plan on being mm -hmm. or wanting to be right. Like I think that part and that part of freedom feels great where it's like, Oh, Hey, your friend's having, you know, this, you know, the 12 year anniversary dinner mm -hmm. and then hopping on a plane to go to it. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, and then while you're there kind of building the day around it or having the power and the opportunity to say, you know, we're going to move to Europe for four months with my family. Mm -hmm. Right. And still be able to conduct business and do my thing without missing a beat. The freedom I think is unparalleled. That's mm -hmm. why, you know, it's one of the best things about it.
And I love, love, love that answer. But unfortunately, the back end of that question is, what do you enjoy the least? So earlier when you were saying the thing that I liked the most about it, it was freedom, but it is the people. Mm -hmm. Uh, The people are great. The people that you get to meet and the people that you get to interact with is awesome and great. Some of the things that I like the least, which would probably throw people off, is the people, right? (laughs) Sometimes (laughs) the people. Um, And that's a real honest answer. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think some people would probably stray away from this thing. Managing people is is something that I find very, very... um, challenging for me mm. um because i've only because i only work one way mm. right and that and say that that i'm not a good boss mm. what makes me a good boss is that i realize that i'm not good managing people and that mm. i hire someone who is mm. right you don't have to be good at everything to be a great boss you just have to be self-aware to understand those things that you're good at right and those things that you're not good at the things that you're not good at you hire someone who is good at them and who loves doing them the things that you're great at you double down and triple down right you're not spending your time i do try to like be better at that part of it but i realize that that's one of the most challenging things is is managing other people's emotions and kind of their workflow then i guess i would say the other part is like just being away being away from my family i know you're probably confused because earlier i said i said oh i get to make my schedule i get to be everywhere that i want to be I realized that in order to achieve the things that I want to achieve means that there has to be some sacrifice. Mm -hmm. It means that I I have to be able to go like, it's like now that you have your own business, that doesn't mean that you get to like put your feet up on the office desk and chill. Mm -hmm. To me, it meant that I had to work harder than I ever worked for anyone else. Mm -hmm. Harder than it took for me to actually get to this point. You know, and that was a big conversation in my family, especially with my, you know, my wife, like, Hey, like, this isn't a thing about making it. Yeah. This is something for us to celebrate and to be proud of, but this is real. The real hard work starts. Mm-hmm. If you thought I worked hard then, this is going to be something different. There are some sacrifices on, on missing out with my children and missing some of the milestones and mm-hmm. some of the things that they go through, but, but making that work and, you know, fi- figuring out, I mean, you personally have to be okay with that. You know, you okay with what you want to miss and what you don't miss and, or if that's acceptable or not. Mm-hmm. I think the trade off for us was truly being able to live the lives that we want to leave, live and create. You can truly create the life that you want to live. And I think those things and making those decisions don't come without risk and sacrifice. And so the least things is, you know, a time away from my family. Mm-hmm. I love, love, love that answer right there. And Andre, I'm not going to lie. This next question right here is, my absolute favorite. And that is, do you think that grades mattered in school for the success that you have in your career today? Um, that's an interesting question. Um, I would say no. And we interrupt this program to let you know about today's special offer. Now, are you enjoying today's podcast but wish you didn't have to wait until Sunday to hear it? Or maybe a guest answered a question, but not every question you had in mind. Or maybe there's an old episode guest that you'd like to get in contact with, but you never got the contact info. Well, I've got great news for you for a limited time only. The YI Network is giving early access to episodes, live Q&As with podcast guests, access to contact information of every past, current, and future guest, and free merchandise. Yes, you heard right. 
You can interview our next guest live on the show. Ask them any question you want live on air and stay in contact with that person to receive personal mentorship and guidance. Please don't miss out on this opportunity to not only be in contact with me, but every guest that comes on the show personally now. Parents, teachers, aunties, uncles, if there's a child in your life that you know will benefit from this amazing network of people, don't hesitate for this is a limited time offer. Prices will double at the end of the year, so get it while it's hot. Our guests all have a minimum of five years of experience in their respective professions, and they are itching, itching to help the next generation. Hit the Patreon link in the description below or on www.theyinetwork.com to sign up for this life-changing experience. Don't miss it. Now back to our regular programming. I don't think that they matter 100%. It mattered early on because it was the system and what perceived success was built off of. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, so within my field, there's still grades. Mm-hmm. Right? There's still grades. There's still pass, fail. Right? It's still all of those things. Mm-hmm. But do I think that I could do what I'm doing without getting great grades in school? I, I definitely think so. Mm-hmm. Right? I think that's just one way of looking at it. What I was always attracted to the hospitality industry, because it, it felt like it truly it was one of those industries that you could really start at the bottom and work yourself up to the mm-hmm. top. And I still feel that a little ways now, but like there's tons of certifications, all these things that, you know, people want to do or run you through to say that you're successful. I think for me, grades weren't all that important. I mean, all that important in my success. They were very important to my family and I got good grades as a, as a, as a student. But like in hindsight and reflecting back, I don't think what grades I got would have mattered um, at all. I love, love, love that answer. I love, love, love that answer. I could not agree more. And Andre, I'm going to break down this next question just because I feel like this word gets tossed around a little willy nilly. And that is. What do you feel that your impact is? And when I say impact, I mean, what are you devoted to? What is your devotion? I'm devoted to breaking down the pretense of wine, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I challenge the status quo every day of what wine looks like Mm -hmm. just by showing up. That Mm -hmm. should tell you something about, about this industry. It is built on the foundation and success of non-white, you know, so white, white people with money. Right. So it's not, you know, you know what I mean? Like the idea that someone would say, oh, I'm a sommelier or work in wine. Mm-hmm. The last person you ever would have thought that was showed up was a person of color. Mm-hmm. And, you know, traveling the world, you know, for a decade, almost every single week, showing up at places that people didn't expect me mm-hmm. changed the conversation and changed the narrative. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and for me, it was more like, it always has to have a positive spin. So for me, it was more like they're just not used to seeing anybody like us yet. Whether it was rooted in racism or whatever it was, that's all I kept saying. And like if it was bogged down with negativity, negativity, then, you know, maybe it would have made it harder for me to get up to do my job every single day. But the fact that I felt like every time I showed up, I challenged the status quo. Mm-hmm. Every single time I showed up, I had to help people pick their jaws up off the floor. Mm-hmm. Right. And thinking that maybe the more times that they saw me in this position, the next time that I came around or someone else who looked like me, it would be less impactful in that way, mm-hmm. like less of a shock. Mm-hmm. And, and that's it, you know, but also I would have to say, 
you know, my impact on this industry is just not for people of color, obviously, but like it's for everybody to say that wine is wine can be different. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be this old stodgy thing. It could be fun. It could be entertaining. It could be punny. It could be all of these different things. Mm-hmm. Just because we're in wine doesn't mean that we have to be put in this little box mm-hmm. and that we could involved in popular culture. Mm-hmm. And all of these things into wine. And as you start to see it, you start to see wine kind of matriculate outside of the boxes. And now you're starting to see, you know, athletes really embrace it. There was an article earlier, like, it's not about the chain anymore. It's not about the home or the car. It's about what wine you bring to dinner. Mm. And so all of those things are are changing. And like to be a part of that and or have some influence over that, to me, is a testament to, you know, my work over the last decade. I love, 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 love that answer right there. Again, Andre has been answering these questions absolutely perfectly all interview long. But unfortunately, 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 we are already down to that last question. And Andre, that is, if there was one, just one piece of advice for somebody out there listening right now who wants to be in the position that you're in today, what would that be? Uh, You know, it's very simple. And this is a piece of advice that it's not just to be in my field. It's to be anything in any field and to do anything in life. Mm. Just be relentless. Mm. Be relentless. Like never, ever fucking give up. Mm. Ever. Ever. Know what you want. Always eyes on the prize and never give up. Mm. Oh, they're going to the club. I'll see you guys next week. Oh, y'all hanging out tonight? I'll see you guys next next week. You know what I mean? It's you have to believe that you can do it. You have to be able to see it, right? And if you can, if you believe in you that you can do it, then you can do it. But you just can't give up and you just can't waver. Hence, you have to be relentless. I love, love, love that answer right there. And again, Andre has been answering these questions absolutely perfectly all interview long but Andre I'm not gonna lie I am not gonna lie to you at all I need one more thing from you before I let you go I don't care if it's a website I don't care if it's your social media links I don't even care if it's a book something that I can leave down in the link in the description below so that my audience can reach yours please 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 promote and shout it out now sure I think the most impactful and where you get the most out of me is uh, on my Instagram. So check me out at Andre H Mac. That's Andre H Mac on Instagram. And please hit that link down in the description below. Again, Andre has been giving excellent, excellent, excellent advice all interview long. So please hit that link down in the description below. But folks, as you know, there are three types of work, a job, a career, and a calling. Most people have a job. You're lucky if you find a career, but you are truly, truly blessed if you find your calling. And I really hope that me and Andre helped you find it here today, folks. That is a wrap. If you like today's episode, make sure to follow the Y Network on Instagram for daily quotes from your favorite episodes and more. And if today's podcast helped you in any type of way, make sure not to thank me, but thank God. God put me on the right track at the right time to provide you guys with this content through me. And I pray that this episode helps you align with your purpose so that you too may help others. So stay blessed 
and stay safe. And until next time, guys. What am I willing to do to go get it? I push things aside just to go get it. I know my role and I play my position. You talking too much. Please learn how to listen. I never give up. I'm not quitting. I'm persistent.